Cam and Kristen's Real Estate Show. Sounds like Canberra. Sounds like Mix 106.3. Moving? Connect your electricity and gas the day you move with local energy experts, ACTU AGL. For T's and C's, visit actuagl.com.au. Hi there, this is Cam Sullings. Each Saturday between 9 and 10, Kristen and I host the Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. And this is what we featured in the show last weekend. Well, with the latest inflation figures showing an uplift of 2.1%, which is within the Reserve Bank of Australia's 2 to 3% window for inflation, over the last few days, the media has been rife with speculation that the Reserve Bank will indeed hike up interest rates sooner than expected. Ooh. I know, there's massive implications if this does happen. Is it going to happen, though, and what will this mean for our property markets? Well, that's one of the questions we're going to ask our leading property expert, Michael Young. Gardney, CEO of Metropole Property Strategists and, of course, host of the popular Michael Yardney podcast. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Cam. Hello, Kristen. Hello, mate. So inflation seems to be creeping up right around the world, uh, Australia, the latest to join uh, the chaos, I guess. Why has inflation risen so quickly? Well, it has surprised some people, but there are a lot of one-off events and that probably won't cause long-term inflationary pressures. But coming out of COVID, there were uh, energy prices have right, risen because of shortages, labour shortages, restrictions have occurred. But interestingly, in Australia, it was mainly fuel prices. And we know that. You go to the petrol pump and you see what's going on. Not that there's a fuel shortage. Rents have gone up and the cost of new dwellings have gone up just because everyone's building at the moment, Kristen. Oh, it's just, oh I paid a dollar ninety-seven um, yeah. for petrol through the week down in Dixon. So the RBA has made you know this big, bold promise of no interest rate rises until 2024. What does the whole thing mean for interest rates? Is there now pressure? Well, the money markets have actually factored in that there's going to be an interest rate rise in February. That's only a couple of months away. Uh, they've factored in a 75% chance of that. The, the traders, the money market traders, are gambling that the Reserve Bank's going to raise interest rates. But the Reserve Bank keeps saying, read my lips, guys. No, it's not going to happen until inflation is in the middle of their range, and it hasn't reached that yet, and it remains there for a while, and wages rises. See, the Reserve Bank doesn't want our property markets to crash. They don't want to stop the economy recovering. They want that as much as they want another strain of Delta, Cam. They don't want to raise interest rates. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what do you think it will mean for property markets? Well, it really depends if they raise them and how fast they raise them. If they raise them little by little, the banks have already buffered in, for most people's loans, the interest rates are going to rise a little bit. But if they do increase them quickly and wages don't go up at the same time that people can afford more, yes, some people who've overcommitted themselves may end up in a little bit of mortgage stress, Kristen. Yeah, Uh. and and this is the problem because I don't think it's just a few people that have overcommitted. And if interest rates goes up, there's going to be a lot of people in this country who will just not be able to afford their repayments, Michael. Mm -hmm. Well, the banks don't want you to actually default on your mortgage. So you saw what they did during the downturn last year when uh, things started to uh, flounder with regard to COVID. They will actually let you... uh, have a longer mortgage so you pay a little bit less each month but the other thing is people don't want to give up their homes cam they'd rather eat magic noodles for a year <laughs> they're not going to go out as much so that they can afford their mortgages the last thing they want to do is give up their homes yeah all right michael it's always very interesting uh, listening to your insights thank you so much for joining us this morning 
My pleasure. Okay, there he is, Michael Yardney, CEO of Metropole Property Strategists and host of the popular Michael Yardney podcast. Kristen, we've spoken about this already this morning, the fact that if you hear the sound of splashing and kids yelling and all that sort of fun and frivolity, it's the sound of summer, oh, isn't it, really? And it's the sound of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I know for our family this year, it's a Davidson on Christmas, so it's one of our, you know, Canberra families will be hosting Christmas. Right. And it basically is, okay, so who's got the pool? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, with that, of course, comes responsibility for pool owners and pool fences. And, of course, we've seen over the years uh, more and more restrictions, mm-hmm. um, you know, thankfully, really, because it's a safety. Uh, but when it comes to certification and what are the changes that happen, we thought we'd invite uh, Scott Wrigley back onto the show. He's the director of ACT Certification. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, guys. How are we? Really good. good. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for coming back. So do the rules around pool fences change very often? And you know, if so, are they big changes? Yeah, so the, the last big change uh, in the Australian standards for pool safety barriers happened in 2012. Uh, so one of the big changes in that uh, 2012 update was you could no longer have a external door from a building to your outdoor pool area. There had to be a complying pool safety fence and gate between the pool and, and the building. Isn't that funny? I was only just saying, Scott, before we even got on with you, I said to Cameron, would it actually be really interesting to ask if, let's just say you had this amazing master bedroom, you know, suite, I guess, whether you could just have doors that could open out onto the pool, but obviously you're saying that's a, that's a no-go. Yeah, yeah. So we can have uh, windows as long as they comply, you know, in terms of if they have uh, restrict- restrictors on them mm-hmm. uh, or if there is a crim-safe security-type uh, mesh screen. Yep. But yeah, doors. Doors. We uh, we really need to have a pool fence and gate between them. Yep. What do you think is the number one thing that people get wrong? I think with uh, with pool fences and certainly ones that I look at. Uh, and and as you guys were saying, coming up to Christmas, people are looking at uh, either getting a, a new fence installed or just general compliance around fences, as well as people even selling uh, at the moment with the property market going the way it is, Mm. uh, is vegetation uh, around uh, pool fences and the non-climbable zones that are associated with pool fencing. Um, See a lot of obstructions. Um, So unfortunately, my job is to come in uh, to a a pool inspection and I'm obviously looking at compliance and and a lot of times I'm, I'm telling clients or owners to uh, cut vegetation down or to move structures away from the pool barrier, which sometimes isn't to their liking, but uh, we have to comply with the standards. And it's really interesting you say that because Kristen is at her place in, in Griffith and, you know, we've got each other on the screen and both mm. of us just went, oh, of course. Of like course, I didn't uh, think of that. It was like a light bulb moment, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you don't want a little kitty cl- climbing up at the tree and being able to get into the, the pool area. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then there's also differences um, in whether or not your boundary fence is acting as your pool barrier uh, or if it's just an internal pool fence as well. There's there's actually different non-climbable zones uh, for each of those. Yeah, wow. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole yeah. thing. Definitely. So your best is to um, engage a, a certifier uh, to come and inspect the, the pool barrier um, and to make sure it's everything's compliant. 
Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. And, you know, as well it should be a thing as well because at the end of the day it's about oh, safety, safety of your family, others' yep. families, people can just wander in off the street. Scott, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Not a problem at all. Scott Wrigley, Director at ACT Certification, talking about pool fences. Mm-hmm. The location that we're talking about is Walgrove Ranch, uh, 9 Walgrove Road, and it's uh, amongst the Manton um, real estate area just there, the little estate. Sam McGregor is a sales agent from McGrath Estate Agents and joins us now. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Cam Christian. How are you going? Mate, we're well. This is, I think, the most unique property of the week that we have featured. This is like a full-on ranch. I feel like Nick Olive needs to live here, my friend. It's a very impressive property, isn't it? Uh, it's an equestrian facility that's actually pretty well known up and down the east coast of the country for hosting some some expert horse riding teachers. Uh, so they host clinics there traditionally, or they have in the past hosted clinics there um, and bring a lot of students in. Uh, amazing facilities. 16 stables, undercover arena that's 66 metres by 23, as I understand it. So talk about some of the extra features that come with the property. The homestead itself is an original three-bedroom, one-bathroom place that has been recently renovated. So it was built in the the 80s, I believe, uh, but renovated in 2016. So it's a beautiful home on the property itself. Uh, It's about 20 acres, but really, Cam, as you sort of alluded, the the features are what's most appealing about the property, the infrastructure itself. Walgrove is an estate uh, which was subdivided from a cattle farm um, that has been in the the Yass region for a, a very long time. I think it was there almost 150 years ago. This pocket of Walgrove was actually where uh, a lot of the cattle farming, it occurred. Some of it is left over from the original cattle farming facilities and some of it, of course, has been updated and and added. Uh, There's five sheds on the property. The arena itself, as I mentioned, it's it's massive and uh, it's extremely impressive. The owners themselves have a, a strong history in the equestrian community it's, it's just a property that, because of its history and because of what is actually on there, it's extremely unique. Mm. Not only that, of course, Manton itself is, is only about 30 minutes from the ACT border, so it's very close to Canberra. So how and when will this one be sold? So this one's set for auction uh, on the 4th of December. I'm confident that we will sell the property under the hammer. Interest has already been extremely high. Um, we have had inquiries from all the way up north Queensland and down the ways to Melbourne. So it's obviously spreading... Um, interest across the country already. All right, mate. Well, I'll be coming in from right around the country to see this amazing facility. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to tell us about it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, once again, there we go. In Manton there, uh, the Walgrove Ranch. It's pretty special, isn't it, Kristen? Mm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Very very niche. Sam McGregor, sales agent at McGrath Estate Agents, and uh, the details and the link are all on his website. Well, those are the interviews we most enjoyed in last week's Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. If you love hearing about the latest trends or you're just up for a sticky beak, be sure to drop by for a listen this Saturday between 9 and 10. It's all thanks to Actual AGL, the real estate Estate Show with Cam and Kristen on Mix 106.3.